Section 11 of Mince Pie by Christopher Morley. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Mince Pie by Christopher Morley. Section 11 A Tragic Smell in Marathon. Marathon, Pennsylvania, April 2nd. This is a very embarrassing time of year for us. Every morning when we get on the 813 train at Marathon, Bill Stites or Fred Myers or Hank Harris or some other ground-soul philosopher on the cinder and bloodshot begins to chivy us about our garden. Have you planted anything yet? they say. Have you put litmus paper in the soil to test it for lime, potash, and phosphorus? Have you got a harrow? That sort of thing bothers us because our ideas of cultivation are very primitive. We did go to the newsstand at the reading terminal and try to buy a litmus paper, but the agent didn't have any. He says he doesn't carry the Jersey papers. So we buried some old copies of the Philistine in the garden, thinking that would strengthen up the soil a bit. This business of nourishing the soil seems grotesque. It's hard enough to feed the family, let alone throwing away good money on feeding the land our idea about soil is that it ought to feed itself our garden ought to be lusty enough to raise the few beans and beets and blisters we aspire to we have been out looking at the soil it looks fairly potent and certainly it goes a long way down there are quite a lot of broken magnesia bottles and old shin bones scattered through it and they ought to help along the topsoil and the humus may be a little mixed but we are not going to sort them out by hand our method is to go out at twilight the first Sunday in April, about the time the cutworms go to roost, and take a sharp-pointed stick. We draw lines in the ground with this stick, preferably in a pleasant geometrical pattern that will confuse the birds and other observers. It is important not to do this until twilight, so that no robins or insects can watch you. Then we go back to the house and put on our old trousers, the pair that has holes in each pocket. We fill the pockets with the seed we want to plant and loiter slowly along the grooves we have made in the earth. The seed sifts down the trouser legs and spreads itself in the furrow far better than any mechanical drill could do it. The secret of gardening is to stick to nature's old appointed ways. Then we read a chapter of Bernard Shaw aloud by candlelight or lantern light. As soon as they hear the voice of Shaw, all the vegetables dig themselves in this saves going all along the rows with a shingle to pat down the topsoil or the humus or the magnesia bottles or whatever else is uppermost fred says that certain vegetables kohlrabi and colanders we think extract nitrogen from the air and give it back to the soil it may be so but what has that to do with us if our soil can't keep itself supplied with nitrogen that's its lookout we don't need the nitrogen in the air the baby isn't old enough to have warts yet Hank says it's no use watering the garden from above. He says that watering from above lures the roots toward the surface, and next day the hot sun kills them. The answer to that is that the rain comes from above, doesn't it? Roots have learned certain habits in the past million years, and we haven't time to teach them to duck when it rains. Hank has some irrigation plan which involves sinking tomato cans in the ground and filling them with water bill says it's dangerous to put arsenic on the plants because it may kill the cook he says nicotine or tobacco dust is far better the answer to that is that we never put fertilizers on our garden anyway if we want to kill the cook there is a more direct method 
and we reserve the tobacco for ourselves. No cutworm shall get a blighty one from our cherished backy pouch. Fred says we ought to have a wheelbarrow. Hank swears by a mulching iron. Bill is all for cold flames. All three say that hellebore is the best thing for sucking insects. We echo the expletive with a different application. You see, we have no instinct for gardening. Some fellow, like Bill Stites, have a divinely implanted zest for the propagation of chard and rhubarb and self-blanching celery and kohlrabi. They are kohlrabid, we might say. They know just what to do when they see a weed. They can assassinate a weevil by just looking at it. But weevils and cabbage worms are unterrified by us. We can't tell a weed from a young onion. We never mulched anything in our life. We wouldn't know how to begin. But the deuce of it is, public opinion says that we must raise a garden. It is no use to hire a man to do it for us. However badly we may do it, patriotism demands that we monkey around with a garden of our own. We may get bitten by a snapping bean or rooted by a rutabaga or infected by a parsnip. But with Bill and those fellows at our heels, we have just got to face it. Hellebore. What we want to know is, how do you ever find out all these things about vegetables? We bought an ounce of tomato seeds in desperation. And now Fred says, one ounce of tomato seeds will produce three thousand plants. You should have bought two dozen plants instead of the seed. How does he know those things? Hank says beans are very delicate and must not be handled while they are wet, or they may get rusty. Again, we ask, how does he know? Where do they learn these matters? Bill says that stones draw out the moisture from the soil, and every stone in the garden should be removed by hand before we plant it. We offered him twenty cents an hour to do it. The most tragic odor in the world hangs over Marathon these days. The smell of freshly spaded earth. It is extolled by the poets and all those happy sons of the pavement who know nothing about it. But here we are, we hardly know a loam from a lentil, breaking our back over seed catalogues. Public opinion may compel us to raise vegetables, but we are going to go about it our own way. If the stones are going to act like werewolves and suck the moisture from the soil, let them do so. We don't believe in thwarting nature. Maybe it will be a very wet summer, and we shall have the laugh on Bill, who has carted away all his stones. And we should just like to see Bill Stites write a poem. We bet it wouldn't look as much like a poem as our beans look like beans. And as for Hank and Fred, they wouldn't even know how to begin to plant a poem. End of section 11